One of the earliest interviews I ever did when I came here in Washington was with freshman Republican Congressman Scott Klug. He is joining me from Madison, Wisconsin. He is now the host of Lost in the Middle, a podcast that we'll be talking about. Congressman, thank you for being with us. Good to reconnect with you. But one thing is clear and a lot of uh, respect on your side of the aisle for Nancy Pelosi. She was able to keep her caucus in line and united. And that's also playing out today with Democrats saying we're not going to help Kevin McCarthy in any way. Why is the Republican House so fractured? I realize it's a small majority, but what else is going on within the party and within the conference? Well, I think what's going on is that you've got um – not much of a centrist wing left in the Republican Party anymore, nor do you really see it in the Democratic Party. I mean, you know, for your political junkies who are listening, you know, the Blue Dog Coalition, which had, what, 70 members in the Obama administration, ended up having a fight and splitting over a name change to dissolve essentially into one group with six members and the other with seven. That'll tell you how small the moderate Democrat wing is in the House. If there were tough numbers for Pelosi, the progressive caucus could do the same thing to the Democratic speaker that, you know, the hardcore mega folks are doing to Kevin McCarthy. So it's the politics of losing the center because in the center you've got room for compromise. And in Ohio, as I said, there's a bipartisan speaker uh, where most of the Democratic caucus came along to vote with Republicans for sort of an old line business school Republican over some MAGA-type characters who got elected in the huge sweep that Mike DeWine had. So I think this is just a snapshot of a larger problem that we've got not only in Washington but in many places nationally. You know, from Liz Cheney, former member of Congress, to Donald Trump, you do not have to be a member of Congress to be Speaker of the House. Again, some wild speculation on somebody other than Kevin McCarthy. Could you see any scenario in which somebody outside of the House, either a former elected official or maybe even perhaps a former president, could become Speaker? No. (laughs) First, you have to find somebody who'd want the job, and that would be an interesting question to pose in the first place. Um, and, and I really don't, you know, who, who would you reach back? I meant, you know, Rob Portman, you know, great senator from Ohio, served in the uh, both of the Bush administrations, widely applauded on both sides, who now is actually involved in running a, bi- uh, a bipartisan center in Ohio. Uh, you know, Portman's the, the sort of guy who could fit the profile. But the problem is there's such a split between the mega wing and the other wing in the Republican Party, between the really hardcore folks and people who I would just say are traditional conservatives. I'm not sure who you could find who could bridge that gap. So who would ever appeal to you know one side would be objected to by the other side. I think the Republicans are just going to have to work this way through it. I, I don't even necessarily see who, who could be a compromise candidate within the Republican Party. I think everybody thought for a time Steve Scalise could fill that role, but I don't think he's going to do that and undercut Kevin. So I think it's sort of a nice idea you know, to chat over a cup of coffee, but I, I don't think it has anything to do with political reality. And, of course, we love speculation on radio, but we're talking to Congressman Scott Klug. He spent the (laughs) 1990s in the House of Representatives, and you first came to Washington when George H.W. Bush was in the White House. I'm curious, as you look at the Republican Party today, how has it changed? It has changed, obviously, but, but, but why? Of course, Donald Trump is a leading force in your party. What's transpired over the last 30 plus years? Well, I think I think it's um, uh, sort of narrowly focused on Washington, it, where most of the chaos is. Right? 
If you look around the country in the elections in 20, there was a lot of ticket splitting going on, which a political scientist will tell you really doesn't happen anymore. Well, it really doesn't happen anymore in House races. But in 2022, there were a huge number of ticket splitters across the country. Uh, and if you look at New England, for example, Vermont, I mean, who could, th- who do you think of? You think of Bernie Sanders, except it's got a Republican governor. You know, you think of Wisconsin where, you know, it's a Democratic governor, but Ron Johnson got reelected. I think out here in the Hastings, there's more room for compromise than I think people do in Washington. And, and the problem, uh, both philosophically and realistically, is Trump just dominates the headlines. He's great for driving cable TV ratings. He's great for driving the ra- uh, the subscriptions in the Washington Times and the Washington Post. It might be a very good marketing strategy for media outlets, but I'm not really sure it's very good for American democracy. So until we can turn that page, I think it's just going to be hard to get things to settle down. You know, if you look in the media, sort of switching subjects on you, I remember when Shepard Smith left Fox News and started a story, a a news show on CNBC that just tried to tell facts the way it is. And it lasted, what, maybe six months and it was off the air. It's the same Mm -hmm. thing CNN tried to do that got the president of CNN fired. So... Uh, For now, the media takes everybody down one rabbit hole or the other. People sort of pile in and who's left behind are about 45 percent of the American public who consider themselves centrist or moderates or swing voters, whoever you want to define it. And I think all of us out here and, you know, I know Washington well and still do work there from time to time. Um, I think we're all befuddled by what's happened and and find ourselves, you know, uh, completely adrift. Which is why we need more listeners here on the POTUS channel, because we don't go down that rabbit hole. We cover it and straightforward, and we're so pleased to have Congressman Scott Klug. Your podcast, Lost in the Middle. So how did this come about? Well, I'll blame Kevin McCarthy. I met when uh, the last fiasco went on in January. I had uh, folks grab me in the cereal aisle of a grocery store, in line in a movie theater, saying, what is going on? I mean, the Republicans are running around the country banning middle school books, and the Democrats are trying to take the stove out of my kitchen. Who elected these people? So uh, an old friend of mine who runs very successful political websites in the Midwest decided we'd do this. We wouldn't do it without a partner, and we've got a great partner in the American Property Owners Alliance, which is focused on bipartisan issues sort of surrounding land use, zoning, and things like that. And so they joined together with us to launch this, and we're doing two things. One, we're taking a snapshot of where we are today and how we got here. And then also, Steve, trying to tell stories around the country of people who are trying to do things differently and sort of change the current political zeitgeist. And as you might imagine, we sort of find two things. We're frustrated on the one hand, because when we try to talk to people about the podcast, they sort of put their hands over their ears and go, I don't want to hear anything about politics. I'm tired. People fought at my Thanksgiving dinner last year. On the other hand, when they listen to this, they go, well, maybe things aren't quite as bad as they are, and maybe there's some hope in the future. So as they say in commercials, you can find it wherever you get your podcast, including Spotify and Apple and other places. And our website, very creatively, www.lossmiddle.com. Well, Congressman, as you well know, it is divided government. Your party has the narrowest of majorities, just four or five seats, as we're seeing what's happening today could upend what's happening in the House, a slim majority in the Senate. The president is a Democrat, so he has the veto power. With all of that, why is bipartisanship today 
such a dirty word? Why is it so vulnerable for Republicans who want to cross the aisle facing a primary challenge in the next election and vice versa, Democrats who want to work with Republicans? Well, part of the issue, Steve, and we'll get to this later in our podcast series, closer to next summer, and these are are once a month, it's that um, if you look, redistricting is part of the problem, right? You're essentially, when we talked about ticket splitting, I think there's only, uh, uh, you may know the number better than I off the top of my head, I think there's only nine House seats in the country where the representative is different than the presidential party. So um, you've essentially made it tough for folks in the center to run because in this current environment where everybody is sort of locked into their tribes, you're either with us or against us. And so bipartisanship, nonpartisanship is a dirty word. But if you listen to folks around the country and and uh, Frank Luntz, who I'm sure has been a guest on your show, when I talked to Frank about centrist voters, the first thing he did was admonish me for using that phrase because nobody really calls themselves a centrist. But what they do is call themselves common sense voters. And back to the folks who sort of stopped me outside, you know, the movie theater and in the grocery, the grocery store line. What people want are folks to be willing to collaborate to try to solve problems. I mean, if, you know, I grabbed four people off the street. I could probably outline the threads of an immigration deal, right? You need more border patrol, you need more security, and we should do something about the dreamers. I think you can get 90% of the people in a restaurant to raise the hand agreeing to those two points, but we just can't, can't get past there. And so we've got to figure out some way politically to reward people in the system who work across the aisle. I mean, I used to run for ads. I used to run ads in my campaigns and a swing district saying, look, I'm a Republican, but here's three things that Democrats did that actually were a good idea. And I think that if you can get past the primaries, it's a winning theme in general elections, but it's the ax that hangs over everybody's head. And folks who are in that position, Republican and Democrat, have to decide that they're willing to lose an election based on those principles. And I, like as I said earlier, I think the country really needs it. We're based on disagreements, but we're based on disagreements in a civil fashion. You and I can argue passionately, disagree passionately, you know, fight violently on the floor, and then walk away and have a beer at night. And it doesn't happen that way anymore. Interestingly, we found a different Kevin McCarthy, the interview in our first episode, who's on the county board in Winnebago County, which is Rockford, Illinois, which is a great Mm. swing district. It's voted for the winning president seven of the last eight elections. The only time it broke its record is when Hillary won the county by 71 votes. And Kevin McCarthy, who's a morning radio DJ, as well as serving on the board of Winnebago County, basically said what I just told you. It's like we can have passionate fights on the county board, but at the end of the day, we go out for pizza together at night and try to work on things together. Um, I'll tell you one other quick story. We we actually have an episode just on civility and about a woman in Utah named Tammy Pfeiffer who tried to develop a civility index for politics, uh, researched it, focus grouped it, worked with students at the University of Utah. If America needs a timeout, she's the mom to do it. Five kids, three grandkids, special ed teachers, secretary of education in Utah. And she put it on the website on Facebook and 24 hours later, she had to take it down because people attacked her for being a Republican or a Democratic stooge, depending upon which person did it. But if you look at what Tammy's doing, a lot of that stuff is trying to get done around the country. In Britain, one more side story that's in the first episode on lostmiddle.com, they actually have lost two members of parliament killed by constituents in the last four years. 
And so the British actually started uh, civility awards in politics. And the guy who won the award was one of the champions for Brexit. You've covered enough victory speeches. Usually the night you win a big big election, you sort of crow about and celebrate and make fun of your opponents. And instead, he stood up and said, look, I realize this is a passionate issue. A lot of people have been hurt on both sides of the issue. I'm going to celebrate at home quietly by myself with a glass of champagne. And yes, I'm going to celebrate, but I'm going to come back tomorrow tomorrow morning because we all need to work together. When was the last time you heard that speech in American politics? Not for far too long.